so we weren't even gonna do an episode this uh, this late week, but we have Jaron with us from the largest fan page on his largest Mets fan page on Instagram, NYM News. Uh, Jaron, we just want to thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So, how long have you been a Mets fan? Pretty much my entire life. I'm 18 years old. I I, I could say I started really understanding the game maybe at around eight or nine years old. But like my first NYM new season was uh, 2014. So right before that, uh, the Mets went to the World Series in 2015, right? So right before that World Series year. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that must have been a great time to jump into that. Oh, uh, it was it was like the perfect storm for me because I started the account like when the Mets were on the come up. They had just signed Curtis Granderson, Bartolo Colon, Jacob DeGrom, Matt Harvey, uh, among others, were coming up through the system. So it was definitely the perfect time to start a Mets page. And then obviously, you know, it happened in 2015. I want from I, there. The, the account just shot up. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. Back in 2015, uh, you, the Mets lost the World Series to the Royals. What were your feelings? The Mets hadn't had really any kind of success to that point in a very long time. World Series level since 2000 uh, playing the Yankees. What did it feel like seeing a team succeed and get to the point where they were so close to a championship? It was unreal, honestly. It was unreal. Um, I, I was always very optimistic for that season. I, even before that, it was kind of ironic because I predicted the Mets would trade for Yohan Assessment. Like I, I just had a, I had a weird feeling about the entire thing. And once the Mets got obsessed with this, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's happening, it's happening. Uh, so I was, I was pretty optimistic the entire time. But it, it's interesting because coming into 2015, my expectations were like, let's just be a wild card team and go from there. I never really thought the Mets would uh, run away with the uh, NL East. What are your so feelings? You, you were happy about Cespedes then. Now as a Mets yeah. fan, seeing this whole Cespedes debacle, what are your feelings about him now? Oh, it's it's been a nightmare in every phase of the word, from the injuries to the PR disasters, uh, to all the money owed to the Mets, not recouping his saved uh, salary on insurance back into the payroll. Uh, the whole thing has just been a disaster. Um, I still love Yoenis Cespedes for what he did for us in 2015 and in various parts of 2016, but at the same time, man, uh, that contract has just been an absolute nightmare. Back on Cespedes real quick, earlier in the year we were at a game and we were asking Mets fans, do you believe Yoannis Cespedes will play another game in a Mets uniform? Do you believe that we've seen the last of Cespedes as a New York Met? Yes, I think his career is over, honestly. You can't have that many many injuries, like what, like three, four seasons now where he's missed, you know, extensive time on the DL, yeah, there's... Or I.L., I should say now. Yeah, there, yeah there's no shot that. he comes back the same, in my opinion. I think his career is over, sadly. So not even anywhere else? Just done? I mean, who, who's going to give him a, another contract after, you know, how injury-riddled he's been? Yeah, he's, that's, he's that's true. Now too. So let's bring it to this season. The Mets had a great opening weekend and uh, really a pretty good opening month, really. And then it started to turn a bit. In June, they were, I think, eight games under, maybe ten games under at one point. What were your feelings uh, right before the All-Star break when it came to your position of evaluating this Mets team? You know, it's funny because I was actually at, like, the last game of the first half before the All-Star break. And my views were pretty negative, to be honest. Like, I never really give up, give up on the season, especially in June or July. But at the same time, I was definitely feeling very low with the team. I wanted Mickey Calloway gone, and I still do. Um, 
you know, but at the end of the day, like, it still was only June. The season ends at the end of September. So there's a long way to go. I kept the faith, and the Mets have turned it around completely. Now, uh, in my defense, I still do not like Mickey Callaway. I still believe he's a terrible manager. He doesn't really deserve that much credit for what the team has done. I think it's been more the players inspiring themselves. Um, but yeah, the whole run's been crazy. I just don't want to see it come to an end right now. I really don't. You look back, uh, let's take it right after the All-Star break. What do you believe was the turning point for this team in the middle of the season? I think the turning point was keeping Noah Syndergaard, keeping Zach Wheeler, and then trading for Marcus Stroman. Because when you do that, you're telling your team that we believe that the Mets could do something this season. Like, we're not talking about rebuilding we're, talking, we're not talking about next year. We're talking about right now. Like we just acquired an all-star starting pitcher, and we kept you know, our great starting pitchers in Wheeler and Syndergaard. So I think that was the turning point because it gave this team a reassurance. You know, like It gave these players who were on the cusp, like Syndergaard, like Wheeler, like Diaz, like, you know, the, the Mets are going to keep you, and they're going to go for it. I, was now, in- I, don't know, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they kept them because they really felt that they could win. Maybe they couldn't find a necessary deal, but if you're a player in that clubhouse, that had to be your takeaway. Like, this team still believes in us. I was coming back from Toronto when I heard about the Stroman trade to the Mets. And that whole week in Toronto, the buzz around Toronto sports was, Stroman's not going to be a Blue Jay by the end of next week. He's going to be a Yankee, or I think the Indians were in on him or something. How surprised were you when you got the notification so it was the Mets who actually made the trade for Marcus Stroman? See, I was surprised with the timing, but it's very interesting because I remember specifically saying in May that Marcus Stroman should be a Mets trade target. It's very weird because like, I kind of saw the whole thing unfolding, even though at the same time I didn't. Like, I feel like the fact that Stroman is electric on the mound, he's a New York kid, uh, he, would be a perfect, he would be a perfect fit for the Mets. But like you said, like, they, were out, they were pretty much out of contention at the time. I don't know, they were like, what, six, seven games out of the wild Yeah, card. something like that. So they weren't like an immediate contender like an Astros, like a, like a Dodgers, like the Yankees. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the timing definitely threw me off, although I, I definitely saw Stroman as a fit for the all season, honestly. There were some Mets fans who were a little upset by what they gave up. Uh, apparently, there were, there were some Mets fans who felt that Anthony Kay was going to be able to be a top starting pitcher somewhere down the line in his career with the Mets. Now he's with the Blue Jays. What, did you feel up they, they feel like they gave up too much for Stroman, or was this just, or even maybe too little for Stroman? Like they felt like they stole Stroman from the Blue Jays. What did you feel like when you saw the trade? Well, I mean, your initial reaction always as a fan is like, oh, what did we give up? And then when you see that we, we gave up some high-end organizational prospects, you start to freak out. But the reality is, people around baseball believe that the Mets did not really give up anything. I mean, you take what the Yankees uh, could have gave up for Stroman. And the Yankees see what the Mets gave up for Stroman. The Yankees definitely felt like they got played by the Blue, played by the Blue Jays. I think I think the Yankees were willing to give up Frazier for Stroman. I really do. They were willing to give up a lot more than what the Mets uh, gave up for Stroman. That's for sure. That that's kind of like the consensus. Uh, I feel like was around baseball. Take me through this crazy month of August you've had, because as a Mets fan, it just must be insane. What the month of August? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been crazy so far. Uh, you know, and I notice a lot of fans are starting to give up right now because, you know, the Mets are starting to fade away a little bit. They've lost, 
they, they got swept by Atlanta. They already lost the first two against Chicago. Obviously, team matchups at home. But at the same time, this team has made the rest of the season interesting. You know, we didn't really think that was possible a few months ago. Therefore, I think as a fan, all you could do is, you know, kick back, settle in, and hope for the best. You know, you can't really do much more as a fan. And although they are four games out, they win tonight. They're only three games out of the wild card. And you, have, you still have over a month left to make another push. There's, so, a, lot, there's a lot of baseball left to play. Well, Although I mean, the, it's getting I, I, shorter in time, but... Yeah, yeah. Wait, what were you saying? It, the, the time's running out, but there still is a decent amount of baseball left to play that four games could be made up in about a week, really. I mean, we, we can tell you firsthand as Mets fans, you know, who lived through 2007. You never know what could happen. Uh, the Mets blew a, a lot worse of a lead. I mean, a lot bigger of a lead in a lot less time. So the fact that they, fans can't believe we can't make up a smaller lead in a lot more time, uh, it's kind of ridiculous to me. But, yeah, I still believe. I still do. You, they dropped the first two this series to the Cubs. Uh, last night was a tough one after being down 10-1. Come back, making it look a little interesting. But losing in the end. This is a team... Yeah with a certain amount of feeling and electricity around it that I hadn't seen. Like, maybe earlier in the year you get down 10-1, and maybe the score is maybe 12-1, 13-1 by the end of the game, but they showed fight. How right. inspiring, not just for this year, but for the future, is to see that fight in the young New York Mets players. Yeah, I mean, a lot of pessimistic fans will take it away as, oh, it's just the Mets teasing you again. To get your hopes up, only to not, only to like you know break your heart, and I, and I totally get that. But I'm kind of with you. Uh, this met this Mets team over you know multiple times during the season could have easily just given up on the team, on the season, on everything. But they've been fighting the entire time, and win or lose, you got to give these Mets players credit because they've been fighting. I mean, it's a rainy night at City Field. Noah Syndergaard is absolutely nothing. Worst start of his career. Mets are down ten to one. They could have easily just given up and said, you know what, this game's over, and I'm not going to justify the Mets for leaving their last eight runners in scoring position on base. But at the same time, they made a 10-1 game, 10-7, with multiple chances to win. And you cannot tell me that the Mets from a few months ago would have done that. You just can't. Yeah. A few more questions here before we let There's you go. There's a different vibe right now. Yeah. We got a few more questions here before we let you go. Um, okay. Pete Alonzo. How much excitement has he brought to this organization this year, really? It's been, it's been unreal. I mean, from every phase of franchise player, you know, to on the field, to his charisma, to the social media interaction, Pete Alonso is everything you want in a 2019 franchise player. I don't even think the Mets saw this coming. In fact, we didn't even, we didn't even know he was going to make the Major League roster. We thought that they could have left him in AAA for the first few weeks to, re to regain the extra European control. Uh, so I don't even know if the Mets believe that Alonzo would break out like this. I don't know if anyone can really predict that. So, yeah, Alonzo's been unreal. I did predict he'd win NL Rookie of the Year. So I saw something magical happening with Alonzo, but <laughs> I don't know about this. I, I didn't think he'd, you know, come close to breaking the rookie home run record. He's, I did not think he'd be that, that he, amazing, though. No. He's got quite the character, and he's the perfect build-up build of a, uh, a New York athlete, like a superstar. It's it's beautiful to me that the Mets finally have somebody like that. Hey, now it's time to build around him. Build, build around him, guys like McNeil. You still have DeGrom. You still have Syndergaard. You still have Med Rosario. You still have J.D. Davis. So they, they have so much young talent to build around. It's like the Mets. Like you cannot mess this up again. You just can't mess this up again. You think you they have to have learned player. something. Yeah. So... 
if this four-game deficit out of the playoff spot, out of the second wildcard spot, proves to be too much for the Mets this season, what do you want to see them do in the offseason to really make a push at a playoff spot next year, possibly the division? It's New Year, same story. The ownership has to spend money and act like we're in a New York market. For once. That, like, yeah, that's the, there's, no other, there's no other way around it. That is the bottom line. I need to start spending like they're a New York market team. That's baseball today, too. A team's got to spend to succeed. And if you got a market like you do with New York, it should be a little bit easier to attract some players, albeit you do have the Yankees in the same market, so it's a little tougher. But you have to go out and make moves if you want to expect to contend in this league. Right. If you're the Wilpons, right, and you look at how electric, how much of a buzz there was in New York City for the Mets in various parts of August, how can you sit there and not want to see that happen over the... Over the over the course of an entire season. That's what it's like being a New York Yankees fan. Obviously, there's ups and downs in every major league season. But for the most part, that buzz remains around the same for the Yankees because there's sustainable success. There's a system in place, and it works every freaking year. For the Mets, that, that's not the case. And it would be great if that was the case for once, if we could actually have a year where it was electric the entire season, where the Mets... We're, contend- we're, we're contending the entire year. It always takes a miracle for the Mets to put themselves back in the race. Why is that? Why does it always have to take a miracle? Why can't we just be a sustainable contender in the New York market? I got one last question here before I let you go. Uh, yeah. Jaron from NYM News on Instagram, the biggest fan page on biggest Mets fan page on Instagram. With a core like Pete Alonso, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Stroman, Edwin, Edwin Diaz is going to get older, going to become more mature and get better. And a player like Jeff McNeil, in the next five years, do you realistically see an opportunity where the Mets can be a champion? Absolutely. A hundred percent. But as we were saying just now, I mean, it starts with the ownership. It starts how much they want to commit into putting a contender on the field. Uh, And I know lots of teams right now want to, you know, move towards that whole money ball aspect of saving money and finding analytics to you know, get better deals on younger guys. I understand that, but we already have those younger guys. Now it's time to implement the money into the roster. We got to start spending money. That's the bottom line. We got to win. We got to win. So it's glad to see that winning is finally the most important thing to Mets fans again. It's not just getting out of this cellar. Um, I want to thank you so much for your time coming on, Jaron. Everybody go out there, give this page a follow, NYM News on Instagram. Great content. Every time of the year, whether it be off-season or during the season. And we want to thank you for coming on. And we hope you and the Mets have some more success over the next couple of years here. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You too. So thanks again to Jaron from NYM News for coming on. The largest Mets fan page on Instagram. Make sure you go out there and give him a follow on Instagram. Very good content there every day, especially now that the Mets are in the heat of a playoff race. If you like this interview, join us again next week where we're doing our week one NFL predictions. Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media, really. YouTube as well. New episodes every Tuesday and Friday, except for today we have one on Thursday. Those will be posted on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you next Tuesday. We're doing our predictions for week one of the NFL season since the NFL is back next Thursday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is finally back. Bears-Packers kicks off next Thursday on NBC. We will see you then. The New York Giants are 8-25 since the boat trip, and the only way Tony Rowe can get to the Super Bowl is through the booth at CBS. Have a good one, and we'll see you on Tuesday.